Sin acknowledges and pays respects to the owners of the land, the house of Sin, and the studio stands, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin also acknowledges and pays respects to the elders and traditional owners of the land our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Sports Desk. I am Tom Parry. Unfortunately, my co-host Jacob could not be here this week, but we are being joined by Daniel, who has just come off a long stint to get cereal. That's right. I'm back again. Good morning, Tom. Yes, but anyway, I'm very pleased to have you here today because we have got so much to cover. Of course, there was big news on Monday regarding Holden. So we're going to go into that in a minute and also some AFL news that came out just yesterday. But what I wanted to do was talk about the love of my life first up, which is cricket, particularly the Women's T20 World Cup, which is beginning this Friday. And they've had a number of warm-up games which have happened. It's exciting. Indeed, it is. Well, for me, anyway. That's right. (laughs) If if you're not into cricket, you're probably going to be lost. No, it's awesome. T20 World Cup, so exciting. You get the big ones, you get the, the big hits. It's yeah, always exciting watching T20. It, absolutely, it is. Now, let's just go through the warm-up games which have happened so far. So, they began last week in Brisbane at the Allen Border Field, and the games got washed out. <laughs> yes. And that is just something that they never seem to accommodate for in cricket. That's the, <laughs> not like... one. They could play in stadiums with roofs. They, they could. They could. But usually play. the pick, cricket grounds are bigger, so I yes. understand. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. They should. I mean, I guess there's football, so they're really like a bit lost there. That's but right. yeah, if they can secure Dockland Stadium and maybe a couple of other indoor stadiums, then yeah, yeah they could alleviate that problem. Get more sixes on a smaller stadium too. That's true. <laughs> that is very true, Daniel. Okay, so that game was on Saturday in Brisbane, and then uh, on Sunday, the 16th, there was another game in. Adelaide, in which South Africa convincingly won over Sri Lanka. And then there was another game, another two games at Brisbane. I think I've got that. No, sorry. One game at Brisbane also got rained out. And then just yesterday, we had three more T20 games. There was one, two rather, at Adelaide. We had the Australian women win against South Africa with three balls to spare. I mean, that sounds like it was close, but it really wasn't. Australia was just ahead. The entire uh, okay. <laughs> game. And then after that in Adelaide, we had England going up against Sri Lanka. And England made a score of 122 for nine after 20 overs. Sri Lanka won the game 123, 10 wickets in hand, <laughs> with six overs to spare. And England is one of the strongest teams in the world. So, you know, watch out. I know, <laughs> I, Sri Lanka. I, I, Sri Lanka might be in the final. And we also had a game at the Allen Border Field in Brisbane, which wasn't rained out. And the West Indies, two runs short. 
Two run short. That's it went, heartbreaking. It, it is heartbreaking. It went right down to the wire, and then on the very last ball, India managed to win by two runs. So some very close games and some not so close games there. Looks like it's going to be an exciting T20 Women's World Cup. Oh, it absolutely is. And Australia are still the favourites. Uh, we will be getting into the T20 squad in just a moment. But we do have another game which is happening today at 10.30 in Adelaide. Uh, I think that's 10.30 Melbourne time, not mm-hmm. 10.30 their time. And or is it ten thirty Adelaide time? It doesn't. It doesn't say. Cricket Australia doesn't tell us. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that is happening in Adelaide. It's New Zealand up against Thailand. Uh, New Zealand, pretty strong team, of course. Cricket playing nation. And then in Brisbane tomorrow, we've got the final warm up game, which is between Bangladesh and Pakistan. And then after that. Um, it's the finals. The, the, the real T20 World Cup is beginning. There you go. That's exciting. Yeah. And Bangladesh didn't get to play their first game, so they get another chance mm. in Brisbane, which is exciting. It's very exciting indeed, Daniel. And, of course, the game that's happening this, this Friday, it's a double header. There will be Australia going up against, I think it's India first up. Let, let me just double-check that. But, uh, Daniel, I wanted to ask you, because you're new to Sports Desk this year, have you been following uh, the women's cricket team over the past few weeks? Have you been keeping an eye I really haven't heard much about it. Have you? Really? Really haven't heard much. Because I've been seeing it being advertised everywhere, the Cricket World Cup. Oh, and, you know, uh, I have heard about the Cricket World Cup coming yeah. to Australia. I haven't really heard much about the squad, though, but go on. So, the squad here, it's actually a really strong squad and I'm just correcting myself here so this Friday night it will be Australia up against India so I had that right that's at 7pm and it will be airing on live free to air TV on 9gem so if you can't make it into Sydney definitely get along to that and um, well, where are the teams here so while I'm trying to find the teams there mm-hmm. now Daniel uh, are you aware that there are games that will be played in Melbourne for the T20 World Cup. Uh, I, I would assume so if it's happening all around Australia. Yes, There's going to be a few in Melbourne. There, yeah. There are indeed. And they're going to be at the Junction Oval in St Kilda. Really? They are. How many How many does that seat? So that does not very many. So it's only like a small club ground. But okay. I, I, my estimate would be 10,000 maybe. Okay, that, that's the biggest crowd they could get in there. So... Yeah. Good atmosphere, though, if they can pack it out. Very good atmosphere. And we've been saying for the past few weeks, Jacob and I and uh, James Worth in the first week as well, you know, just take the day off work, take the kids out of school, take them along to the game because, you know, you're seeing the world's best female cricketers. We're on your radio. We're online. We're digital. We're everywhere. Sin Media. Where young people run the show. You are listening to the Sports Desk on a Wednesday with Tom and our special guest, Daniel. And it is time for us to jump back into cricket news because I wanted to bring up the World Cup squad before and I couldn't because (laughs) the internet hates me at the moment. So, Australia's T20 World Cup squad is as follows. We've got Meg Lanning as captain, Alyssa Healy, the wicketkeeper, Rachel Haynes as the vice-captain, and then in alphabetical order we've got Aaron Burns, Nicola Carey, Ashley Garner, Jess Jonathan, Delissa Kimmins, Sophie Molyneux, who's my favourite of the team, Beth Mooney, Elise Perry, Megan Schutt, Annabelle Sutherland, Taylor Vlamink, who won, won a cricket award uh, last week, as uh, Jacob and I discussed on the show, and Georgia Warham. So, very strong team there. I'm certain they'll go all the way, <laughs> Daniel. 
Yeah, are they like looking real proper favourites? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're the home team. They are the number one cricket team, female cricket team in the world at the moment. So yeah, if they don't get into the finals or at least the semis, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, there you go. And but mate, Sri Lanka are looking good after that. Oh, no, they, game. Well, they really are. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> keep an eye out for that one. Now, let's move on to some other cricket news here because the Sheffield Shield is happening. Jacob and I were talking about this last week as well. This is the domestic first-class competition. So, essentially, it's like a test match except it's between the states and it takes place over four days rather than five. And it can be from any state. It's not like Victorian players play for Victoria. Mm. Yeah, that's it's pretty like, much it. Oh, there you go. So it's kind of like a state of origin, similar. It's similar, similar sort of thing. Okay, yes, because you're not familiar with this tournament at all, are you, Not Daniel? really, no. I've heard some news about it, but yeah, no, not very... Which is entirely fair because it barely gets any media coverage these days. Not, not at sports-esque. No, not... <laughs> very true. Okay, so there were three games which were completed on the weekend, just being they all wrapped up on Monday, and they were as follows. New South Wales were defeated by Victoria in Sydney. That was a complete surprise there. We also had Queensland, who won convincingly against Tasmania by 10 wickets in Brisbane, and South Australia won against Western Australia in uh, Adelaide. Western Australia were bowled out in their fourth innings. So, where does that leave all the teams in the standings? Well, New South Wales is still on top, even after being defeated. Victoria is now off the bottom of the table, and because Tasmania lost uh, quite badly, they are now on the very bottom. So, it goes New South Wales, then Queensland, Western Australia, South Australia, Victoria, and then Tassie. Poor Tassie. Always being left behind. (laughs) Always being left behind. Well, they're a very small state and they don't have a very large population. I mean, they've got some great players in there. Of course, um, we've had in the past Tim Payne, Ricky Ponting, David Boone. I think George Bailey's got his last season with Tasmania. Uh, So they've got a very strong team. It's just that they're not strong enough against all the other ones. I mean, (laughs) New South Wales in particular, it's got like half the test teams in there. (laughs) They love their cricket in... uh over there. They really do. And they've got a huge population as well. So That's right. Yeah. yeah. More, more population, more cricketers. That's it. <laughs> now, as for the upcoming matches, the next game will be on Monday of next week. Oh, there you so go. the 24th of February, a four-day game taking place all throughout the week. We've got New South Wales up against South Australia in Bankstown. That's in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Tasmania who are heading home to Bell Reeve Oval in Hobart up against Western Australia. And Queensland are playing another game in Brisbane against Victoria. So it's not looking good for the Vicks, unfortunately, Daniel. <laughs> unfortunately. I, it's kind of boring. Western Australia just called Western Australia. Victoria just called Victoria. Mm. But the Tasmania get they're the Tigers. The Tigers. Okay. So Victoria, I think, were the Bush Rangers in years past. That's right. Yes, Western I remember Western Australia that. were the Warriors. South Australia, the Redbacks. So it's just... Mm. Again... <laughs> They're stripping us away from our from our cultural bush rangers. Yeah, our bush ranger roots. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> they're a very small proportion of our population adhere yeah. to. Not so many bulls are in Queensland either. No, well, <laughs> not, not native ones anyway. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, Sheffield Shield it is still happening. We will have more news on that next week, and of course, we'll have plenty of news as well regarding the T Twenty Cricket World Cup. So, Daniel, will you be heading along to one of the games at Junction Oval? Look, I. 
I wasn't planning on, but you know, your your passion for it has uh, sparked a bit yes. of joy in me. So I might you never know. I might head down to one. And I think there, Australia will be playing at the Junction Oval. If I can just bring up the date here on the there we are. It will be the second of March, and that's a double header because they'll have a game between Sri Lanka and Bangladesh before that. Exciting. And that's a Monday. So yeah, take the day off work. Take the kids out of school. We cannot emphasize this enough. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Sin, we're always on. Day, and it's time for us to move from the cricket onto motorsports, and in particular the fallout from the shock announcement on Monday. Daniel, I might ask you, where were you on Monday when you heard the news about Holden's demise? I think I was at work, and I just saw, I saw like someone share a breaking news thing on Facebook, mm. and. I remember there was some news about Holden in the past few mm. years about them stopping something. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, what's this? But it's a complete stop now. Yes. So what happened was in 2017, they stopped manufacturing cars in Australia, but the brand still kept going. So okay. they import their vehicles from overseas now. And it's gotten to the stage where General Motors have not seen it as commercially viable to keep selling cars in Australia okay. under the Holden brand. So they just pulled the plug altogether. And it actually caught a lot of people off guard, including people within the motorsport community, but a lot of other people in the industry have said this has been a long time coming because sales are going downhill, it's costing too much to develop the cars specifically for Australia, so mm. they're just going to give up. Yeah, I saw someone like post kind of their opinion on Instagram or Facebook, they're like, this is what happens when they fail to innovate, and so... Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think it's more of a marketing problem, really, yeah, that be. they had with the company, but we're not here to... Talk you know, about, yeah, yeah, debate l- on that. <laughs> yeah, lament about the company. We're here to talk about what this means for motorsport, because for years there's been this huge rivalry between... Holden and Ford. I've always been part of a Holden household. I don't know about you, Daniel. I don't know, really. No, I remember my dad having a Ford jacket, but I think he just liked the jacket. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And... Yes, so there's been this huge rivalry between Holden and Ford for years, first on the Australian touring car circuit, and then later when it became V8 supercars, and, you know, there's a very passionate fan base on both sides. Yeah. And... Now that uh, Holden has gone, or, or will be going altogether, rather, it leaves the sport in a very uh, dangerous place because we're not going to have that rivalry anymore. We're not going to have Holden's racing around the track. It's just going to be uh, one-sided steamrolling by Ford. It's just going to be Mustangs on the circuit and nothing Ford else. Ford automatically wins the rivalry, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there has been some talk as well that Chevrolet might potentially replace the Holden brand in Australia. It's like a niche automaker, similar to what uh, McLaren and Lamborghini and all that do. But even so, there was somebody at uh, the Adelaide Grand Prix yesterday, and I can't remember who it was, but they said losing Holden is like losing Collingwood from the AFL. Like, it just... It's a brand that means so much to people and brings out so much passion in people that, you know, its loss would be devastating. And Holden has been the most successful... uh, company in this format i mean it's won more australian touring car championships than anybody else it's had more Sandown victories more bathurst 1000 victories it's had more v8 supercar championships so yeah it's crazy and surely they can't why wouldn't they be able to like make a special like v8 car once a year to keep them alive is that just not a thing so they have been in a sense because at the moment holden or rather one of their subsidiaries has been importing the Camaro and -hmm. converting it to right-hand drive. And I think that particular part of the business is still going. 
but it's like their general passenger vehicles, so like the Commodore, the mm-hmm. Astro, the Colorado, that they're not going oh. to sell them under the Holden name anymore. Crazy. It's really crazy to think about it. And yeah. it's not just um, on the track, it's also off-road motorsport. I know that Holden had a very strong presence there, mm-hmm. so that loss is going to be felt as well. And the having lost Holden, it brings the whole future of the supercars competition into question. Because, as we've said, this relies so much on the Holden v. Ford rivalry. And they've tried in years past to bring in, like, Nissan, Volvo, Mercedes to try and uh, sort of generate more interest in the competition. And it hasn't worked. It's gone to the point where Nissan pulled out just last year, Volvo and Mercedes are gone, and we're left with uh, the Ford Mustang up against the Holden Commodore. There you go. That's it. (laughs) That's, uh, yeah, it's... Quite a shock, hey? It, it's a lot to take in, Daniel. Yeah. I know. So, um, <laughs> where do you think this leaves the future of motorsport? Do you think that supercars will still be viable now that Holden's no longer there, or do you think it's just going to fall by the wayside? Well, is there any chance for other companies to step up now? Do they see it as like an opportunity? Well, Mercedes-Benz have said that they want to make a return to the competition, okay. so there is a possibility there. But unless they can find like one of those full-sized V8 vehicles, and I can't think of many if any other companies that have got a v8 in their lineup at the moment so yeah it looks like it's just going to perish unfortunately supercars but with that said it gives an opportunity for the smaller competition so for example the carrera cup the two liter competition the super utes it will give them the opportunity to sort of you know reignite interest in their brand and sort of increase or rather generate interest in their competition as well so it does leave a good some positive, but um, unfortunately, quite some negative there. Yeah, so for the supercars competition, it's not so good. For everyone else, you know, there's the potential that things are looking up. But it's going to be strange no longer seeing a Commodore wind around Bathurst. I mean, I mean, I know they have, like, the 12-hour race and the 24-hour race there, mm-hmm. and it's awesome seeing that. But, you know, no one really wants to see a Ferrari win Bathurst. They, they <laughs> want to see a Ford or a Holden. Like, yeah, he, okay. they would take a Ford win, most Holden fans, over seeing, like, a Porsche cross the line first. That's <laughs> how strongly they feel about this. So, yeah, it's a very traumatic time for Holden fans everywhere. Um, here's hoping that the sport can recover. I have my doubts, but, you know, I've been proven wrong in the past. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, here's hoping is all we can say. Here is hoping. <laughs> This is Sin Media. This is the Sports Desk on a Wednesday with Daniel and Tom. We're going to be continuing our talk about motorsport right now because the Supercars is happening this weekend, Daniel. Exciting. In Adelaide, that's right. In Adelaide, yes. So this is the season opener as it has been for the past few years. And, uh, yeah, there are still Commodores being raced. Don't worry. Just because Holden's (laughs) pulled out of Australia doesn't mean they're not still around. And we've got nine Mustangs in the field this year as well. Uh, the last Nissan, which was being raced by the Kelly brothers, it, it's gone, and they've replaced that with a Mustang. So, <laughs> yeah, we've now got 16 Commodores, 9 Mustangs. Now, have you been following supercars these N- past few years, Daniel? Not at all. You share uh, the same opinion as many other people. Because yeah, I know. We actually put out a Facebook poll last night, uh, Jacob and I, which okay. you can see on the Facebook page, which mm-hmm. is uh, facebook.com forward slash sports desk sin. And I'll get up the poll results in a moment. Mm-hmm. But when I last checked, it wasn't looking good. So <laughs> I think the majority of people just aren't excited for supercars, which I mean is fair. 
because uh, most of the year it's these really ordinary races and then it gets to Bathurst and everyone's excited and then, you know, after that they just don't care anymore. Yeah, and I feel like um, it's really long, isn't it? Like there's... It's kind it of whole day races and events. That's exactly right, and yes. I f- Yeah, and I feel like usual, like, mainly people just like it, quick two-hour game. Even that's a bit much for some people. It is. Yeah. It is. That's why a lot of, like, that's not, not really a lot, but that's why some people are, like, not so drawn to cricket because they can't sit there for, like, over eight hours and watch a game. Yep, that is true. <laughs> so how this, a supercars event works is what will happen on the opening day, the first day, is they'll have a lot of these side events and then they'll have mm-hmm. the supercars themselves come out for a practice and then Friday they'll do either qualifying times or more practices and then Saturday they'll have a sort of preliminary race mm-hmm. and then on Sunday they'll have the big race and that's where all the points are on the line. So... That's how that event works there. But it's not just uh, the races and the V8s. We've also got uh, the Carrera Cup will be at the event, uh, the Touring Car Masters, which is the vintage uh, sports cars oh, that used exciting. to race cool. in years past. Yeah, I love those events. They're absolutely great. And also the Super 2 event, which is the second tier supercars event where they race some of the older cars. So you get to see the old Ford Falcon XR8, the old Commodore SS, so... Oh, that's, you've, you've that's pretty that, cool then. That to look forward to. Have you ever been to a motorsport event, Daniel? Have all? not. Never? Never. Have you watched Bathurst on TV at least? Um, I think I've just seen some highlights here and there. The highlights here and there. Yeah, okay, I know. It's, I see a lot of people like taking photos of the events. The events seem quite good cultured in terms of like a lot of things happening. Oh, oh yeah. So Bathurst particularly is very well attended and people sort of make an event of the occasion. They bring yeah. their tents up. They spend the whole weekend parked on top of the mountain. That's right. So, so they really do enjoy themselves. And yeah, I couldn't see myself going to one of those events though because the idea of spending like five, six days just on this one campsite watching all these cars go past this one particular spot. That's why so many people prefer the TV coverage because they get to see them all around the circuit. It's not just, you know, waiting two minutes and going, and then waiting another two minutes. That's right. So you're a big fan that would just rather watch it on your TV? I would just rather watch it on my TV. That's fair enough. Okay, so we've got the results here right now. And I'm looking so... 23% 23% of people have said that, yes, they are excited for the upcoming season of supercars. However, 77% have said that they show no interest in this event at all. And I oh, love, dear. And I, it's not looking good. And I love the, the, the picture you've put for Nah. Oh, and yes. <laughs> so if you actually head onto the Facebook page, we've got a Craig Lance with a bottle of champagne for yeah, and we've got a tumbleweed for Nah. <laughs> So, because a lot of people would rather watch a tumbleweed fly by than a racing car, which is sad because, you know, it's a great weekend. And the other thing that puts people off is the noise. I mean, supercars are very loud. Yeah. We've got a V8 here with a huge exhaust. There is no muffler. There's no noise cancellation. So, you know, you basically spend the entire weekend with your fingers in your ears. <laughs> you got to bring your big um, noise-canceling headphones. That That's it. <laughs> now, for those who are keen on heading to Adelaide and seeing the events, the big uh, supercars practice laps, they'll be happening at 4 p.m. tomorrow. So it's 4 p.m. Thursday in Adelaide, and then they'll be having much more uh, qualifying and practice times after that on the Friday. And then Saturday, it's the qualifying races and the shootouts. And then on the Sunday, that is when they'll have the big race. The big one. The How big long one. does that go for? The big race, it goes for approximately 
78 laps, which equates to about three, two or three hours. So crazy. That's yeah. not that bad. That's, then. that's all right. You know, you, it's bearable to watch. It's bearable. <laughs> bearable is the word. That's right, because you don't see too much. Like, there's a lot of action, but at the same time, it's just they are just doing laps. You see a takeover here and there. That's it. People love it. I can't complain. Yeah, and um, <laughs> if you are unhappy with the poll results on the Facebook page, it will be open for the next few hours. So um, <laughs> if, if you want to click on Clary Glounds and say, yes, I am excited, please do. And fight for your side. Yes, fight for your side. It's Holden V Ford for a new generation. Sin, on your radio, on your TV, and online at syn.org.au. You are listening to The Sports Desk with Daniel, our special guest, and me, Tom, and it's time to get into some AFL news because the State of Origin teams were revealed just yesterday. State of Origin is, of course, the special bushfire relief game that they'll be playing in a matter of days. I can't remember the exact date. I will look it up, though, I swear. Now, it'll be Victoria up against the All-Stars, and the teams are as follows. From Victoria, we've got Mark McClavs from the Cats, Marcus Bontempelli from the Bulldogs, Jeremy Cameron from the Giants, Ben Cunnington from North, Trent Cochin from Richmond, Patrick Dangerfield from the Cats, Todd Goldstein from North Melbourne, Robbie Gray from Port Adelaide, Toby Green, the Giants, Jade Gresham, St Kilda, Nick Haynes, Giants, Sean Higgins, North, Basha Hawley, Richmond, Josh Helly, Kelly, sorry, from the Giants, Jake Lloyd from the Sydney Swans, Tom Lynch, Richmond, Jack McRae, Bulldogs, Stephen Martin, Brisbane, Dustin Martin, Richmond, of course, because he has to be in there. Has to be in there. Yeah, Darcy Moore, Collingwood, Tom Papley, Swans, Scott Pendlebury, Collingwood, Adam Sud from Essendon, James Sicily, Hawthorne, Steel Sidebottom from the Magpies, Rory Sloan from Adelaide, and Lockie Whitfield from the Giants. Take I- a breath. I know. <laughs> I can read out um, the All-Stars team if you like. Oh, yes, please, Daniel. <laughs> and from the All-Stars, we have Harris Andrews from the Lions, Luke uh, Briest from Hawthorne. We have Charlie Cameron from the Lions, Stefan uh, Con. Coniglio. Coniglio from the Giants, Paddy Cripps, my man from Carlton, Shane Edwards from Richmond, Nat Fire from Frio, Brody Grundy from Collingwood, Tom Hawkins from the Cats, uh, Bradley Hill from St Kilda, Jeremy Howe from Collingwood, Neville Jetta from Melbourne, Jason Johannesson from the Bulldogs, uh, R- Rory Laird from the Crows, uh, Scott Lysett from Adelaide, Port Adelaide, uh, Callum Mills from the Swans, Lockie Neal from the Lions, Jack Rewalt from Richmond, Brad Shepard from the Eagles, Isaac Smith from Hawthorne, Brody Smith from Adelaide, Zach Tui from Geelong, Tyler Taylor, Walla? Walla. Walla. No, Walker, that's a K. Oh, oh gee. We, we what, stuffed that up what, before, too. What font is the AFL using? I mean, honestly. Okay, so uh, Taylor Walker, and next we have... Michael Walters. We have uh, from Frio, Lockie Weller from the Suns, Elliot Yo from West Coast Eagles, and Dane Zorko from the Lions. What a list. You know what most surprised me about these teams, Daniel? It's yeah. that they haven't sorted them via state. So we've got a lot of Victorian teams in the All-Stars, and we've got uh, just as many from New South Wales and Western Australia in the Victorian team. That's right. And, or um, South Australia, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But the thing is, it's, um, it's, I think it's just where you're from. Okay. Yeah, it's not the club. But I thought Jack Rewalt was a Melbourne boy, wasn't he? I'd, I thought that too, but yeah, okay. obviously not. But no, yeah, it's definitely from, um, I think it, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Mm. 
Yeah, because there's Lions plays in the Victoria side, so I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's where you're from. Yeah. But personally, I love the Victoria uniform. Yeah, old that, school Vic uniform, oh, Big I lo- V. I want to get one. Yeah, there's I- an image which the AFL have provided of um, Dustin Martin. It's a bit strange seeing him in non-Richmond colours, I that's have to r- say. That's but- right. I feel like he's like kind of a Carlton player right there. <laughs> it, like, Ooh. It, it does look like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, what's um, also sad in me is there's no Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody in either team. My favourite player in the whole AFL, and he's not in either team. I love Tiffer myself. Uh, I actually drive past Tiffer most days for work. Do you, really? Because I drive around that, that um, near their training ground. Okay. And, and one day, I just yelled out the window. I'm like, Tiffer! <laughs> and I reckon he gets it a lot because he just immediately just was like... <laughs> like <he> get, <laughs> I reckon he gets it all the time. I, I, I live out um, Essendon Day as well, and the most exciting sports personality that I've seen is Merv Hughes. You, you, you can't really, you know, <laughs> he's an old man now. He needs time to himself. He can't. That's funny. Well, it seems that in both teams, at least one player from every team has been included. Yes. Which is good. So I'm, every team represents someone for everyone to support. Yeah, but there are four clubs who have just a sole representative, and they are Eston with Adam Said, Carlton, uh, Gold Coast, and the Demons. There you go. So a few teams are <laughs> mm. struggling to get some all-star players. Mm. But like I was telling you in the break, it's it's really awesome just because it's a it's actually a proper like all-star game. Mm. You should we should be seeing one of like the best games we've you know we've seen just with every single best player. Absolutely, and they're being coached by two Premiership winning coaches. We've got John Longmire uh, coaching the All-Stars team, and we've got Damien Hardwick of the Tigers, who is coaching Victoria. Now, interesting thing about that, he's got Alistair Clarkson as an assistant coach, and it was Alistair Clarkson who was actually the senior coach over uh, Damien Hardwick. He was an assistant coach with Hawthorne before he came to Richmond. (laughs) So, yeah, a little bit of irony there. <laughs> now, as for the date of the state of origin... Quick tip, though. Yep. Jack Rewalt is from Tasmania, from ja- Hobart. Oh, is he now? Yeah. He's from Hobart. Okay, then. Did not know that. <laughs> that is good to know, though. So, the date for the AFL state of origin is the... It's not telling... Why is it not telling... This is not my morning, I tell you. First of all, Jacob calls in sick, and then now I just can't seem to get any dates or team lists or anything like that up. That's okay. Never mind. Uh, You can look it up. It's probably easy to find if you search it up yourself. Yeah, I will search it up. Don't you worry about (laughs) that. Now, there is some other really big news, Daniel, that the AFL revealed yesterday. Okay, it's regarding the time of the grand final. So, they have announced that the grand final on the last Saturday in September, it will start at 2.30pm in 2020. The same. The same as every other year before that. Isn't that astonishing news? All that hype for nothing. <laughs> it was. And in the press release that the AFL gave out, it, it said that, will it be a day or night final? And, of course, the answer is it's going to be a day final. Uh, but you were expressing, before you came on the show, Daniel, your support for a night final, weren't I, you? Yeah, I think it could be good just to, you know, throw a spanner in the works. Mm-hmm. I reckon, like, you know, it's it's quite a holiday. You could, like, have lunch with the family all leading up to this one final and keep the night going on, I say. That's a potential. Yes, now I finally got that date up. So okay. the State of Origin game, it's going to be at Dockland Stadium in the city Friday the 28th of February, so next weekend. There'll be an AFLW game before that, the sort of like the opener. That awesome. takes place at 5.30pm, and then at quarter to eight, the All-Stars game will kick off. That's awesome. And there apparently there are still tickets available, so if you can get a ticket, good on you. 
Yeah. Right, get down, see some of the best players in the NFL all come together. Absolutely. Now, we've still got a little bit of time left. So um, I wanted to ask you, Daniel, you are a huge darts fan. So have you got any darts news for us? Yeah, I do, actually. So every Friday, the darts um, takes place. Currently, in the tournament on the ladder, mm-hmm. first is everyone's... <laughs> Everyone's man, uh, Michael Van Gerwen. Okay. And then second is Glenn Durrant. Uh, third is Rob Cross. Fourth, Gary Anderson. Number five, Nathan Nathan Aspinall. Number six, Gerwen Price. Number seven, Peter Wright. Number eight, uh, Michael Smith. And the emergency is Daryl uh, Gurney. Now, the, the way the Premier League works is mm-hmm. that there's nine sole players in the league. Mm-hmm. And every week they get like other kind of special players that aren't necessarily actually in that nine to come in and play a game against um, those nine people mm. to, like, you know, keep it interesting and instead of just between each other. But there are only two games in so far, and Michael Van Gion's the only man to um, have won both his games so far. Yeah. Okay. He's a GOAT, to so, be honest. So we will be looking at Darts News, if we can, over the next few weeks and seeing everything that happens there. We might, might even bring you back on, Daniel. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah, I love my Darts. It's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Also, Fallon Sherrock. Have you heard about Fallon Sherrock? Uh, she's the woman Darts player, isn't she's she? She's the woman yes. Darts player. This year, she was the first ever female to beat someone in the World Championship, uh, beat a male in the World Championships. Whoa. And since then, everyone in the Darts community has just got around. Which is really good to see because we often think of darts as this really chauvinistic sport and yet no, everyone's getting behind it. That's right. Everyone loves it. (laughs) That's absolutely fantastic to see. But that is all we have time for here on Sports Desk. We've talked about darts, AFL, motorsport, including the news that Holden is shutting up shop and the Cricket World Cup, which uh, begins this Friday, and the Sheffield Shield, which is still ongoing. We will, of course, have this show podcasted to omni.fm at some point later today and of course sports desk will be back on friday at nine i'll be back with jacob next wednesday and we've got a monday show as well at nine o'clock so you can't miss us basically sports desk is everywhere daniel i'd like to thank you very much again for jumping in at the last minute and helping me to co-host the show today it's been an absolute pleasure hosting with you it's been an honor as well